Hello everyone. Welcome back to another week of Femme Collectively Season 2. Yay! My name mm-hmm. is Corinne. And I'm Rahel. And we are your co-hosts. <laughs> so today we have a very mystical and beautiful and empowering episode for you in which we interviewed the voluptuous witch. Um, also goes by Emily. So I had been following the Voluptuous Witch for a while on Instagram, and then we connected. Um, I forget for what reason, but we connected through work. I think I interviewed her for Go. and That's sweet. Yeah, she's just like this really awesome person who talks a lot about um, women's issues, lesbian issues, and really like provides a space for femmes to feel heard and validated in like all of their truths which I really love um yeah she's amazing yeah so if you're not familiar with the voluptuous witch um, get familiar get familiar follow her her. request a reading from her Mm -hmm. she's amazing yeah she does astrology and all sorts of different work but I think astrology is really her primary focus and she's really incredible. So before we get into that, we want to tell you a little bit about our relationship with astrology, and then we'll share our beautiful interview. Yay! So Rahel is a cancer baby, so it's literally almost... But wait! What? I was looking at your birthday date, because I was like, I have to remember Rahel's birthday, blah, 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 blah. And you're like a Leo cusp. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, you never I'm, told I'm me half- that. I think I talk about this all the time. Uh-huh. You cusper. never do. Oh, you okay. never I'm talk a cusper. about it. Yeah, like, I'm literally like, I'm half Leo, half cancer. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. I never knew that. Yeah. Because so, you always talk about being a cancer baby. I've never heard you say you're a cuss. I talk to people about it a lot. I guess you and I haven't had I a conversation so. about my cusping yeah. type <laughs> deals, dealing with my cusp. Yeah, I... Um, being like half cancer half leo and i literally identify with that because it's it it comes out a lot and it shows and um i've been taking my myers-briggs personality test like a lot lately it depends i i do it like maybe twice a year or, or sometimes i try to do it every season um but I go back and forth between being an INFP and an ENFP, and I know my ENFP is my Leo side, mm-hmm. and my INFP is my Cancer side, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to deal with sometimes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I love being around people, but also, y'all, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I want to be in my solitude hole. Yeah. Or then it's also, like, me being, like, my cancer self being like, yes, let me take care of you, let me nurture you. And then my Leo self being like, I need a fucking attention, how do I ask for it? It's pretty intense, it's really fun. Um, But but I like it. Back in my hometown, I had a friend who would always be like, we see your Leo side when you get upset. Like, when I'm, like, mad, Mm -hmm. and she, she would always just make, like, these little angry lion faces, and she would be like, that's you when you get upset. And I'm like, partly, but also it's probably, you know, the cancer crabbiness when we finally decide to talk about things. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, a little cusper. I'm a cuspy baby, too. My son is in Gemini, but I'm really close to cancer season. Yes, you are. Yeah, so I'm a little cuspy baby. Um, it's funny because, like, growing up, I would always read my horoscope, and I never really identified with Gemini mm. um, very much. I identified with, like, certain aspects of, like, duality um, in my personality and, like, feeling those kinds of, like, shifts. Mm-hmm. But I was always saying, like, Gemini, you want to be, like, the center of attention. You are so extroverted and, like like funny and like all these things and I was like I'm not not actually I don't think you're any of those things I think mostly it has to do with your comfortability and being um like in that public space a little bit Mm -hmm. and like your comfortability and just speaking and talking to people I I think that's your Gemini I think that's what that is like doing Mm -hmm. workshops and all of that but like but yeah no you and I (laughs) Corinne and I are the same we literally come home and we just are in our rooms we spend so much time just like in solitude a lot it's really cute yeah I I like it 
But I, yeah, I see your Gemini side in a, in a lot it. of ways. I didn't see it a lot growing up, but I've seen it, like, more so. I've been realizing the nuances of it. Yeah. And then I realized, actually, just last year, I got my full chart read for mm-hmm. the first time ever. And I realized so much about, like the complexities of my entire chart um which I hadn't known before because like I hadn't really like embraced astrology that much to be honest and I my chart is ruled by Leo like so much I know you're definitely such a Leo but my Mercury is in Cancer and so then that started to make sense of like oh my communication styles Mm -hmm. is in Cancer Mm -hmm. my Mars is in Leo which is really fiery (laughs) Because Mars is how you argue and how you fight. And my Venus is in Leo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, my rising is in Leo. But my moon is in Libra. So then that also makes sense in, like, the wanting to balance To balance it all and, like, out. Yeah. So, or always seeking out balance, right. too. So I started to, like, get myself a little bit more and, like, just start to put the pieces together a little bit when I started to see my full chart and like really understand all the moving pieces which was so incredible that is that's amazing Mm -hmm. I didn't really like for the longest time I was just like yeah I'm a cancer (laughs) Scorpio rising and that's all I would care about really until I turned how old was I I was like 28 Mm -hmm. and I was you know starting to enter Saturn return time and so I was like what the fuck are all of these things that I'm feeling this is really extra this is a lot on me um and so I um a friend of mine told me you need to like look up your entire chart and look up the times that you were born both of my parents gave me conflicting times on when I was born so for a while was going off two different charts um one of them had me um the only thing that really changed was it had me being a Taurus rising and Mm -hmm. not a Scorpio rising um and then I was like I vibe with it but no no not completely and then my mom was like no this is the time you were born and so (laughs) I go, of course, with my mom's time because, you know, dads are just like, no. You actually came out of her. So I think that she can probably say a little bit. She'll probably be like, no, honey, that was the time we got to the hospital. (laughs) But no, you were born at this time. So, um, so yeah, I, I feel like I started vibing with a lot of my chart and a lot of who I am after um I started my Saturn return yeah um and it was beautiful like really I like for those couple of years I literally immersed myself um in my Saturn my Saturn is in Sagittarius Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of me going inside and looking at myself and thinking about how I relate to other people and communication and just like actually just being okay with just being myself mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways um, in work and all of and all of those things like yeah. having like that sort of stability um, and sustainability and whatnot. Um, but here recently I've been interested in my Mars which is in Capricorn Mm -hmm. and that's really interesting to me because you said that Mars is about like the arguing and 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 things like that but I see it also as like your like your communication style in like going after things so like Mm -hmm. like in like career wise like and also of course you know aggression Know like how, passion and fieriness mm, and your love. Like all your yeah. passion mm-hmm. and like how you communicate in love yeah. and whatnot. And so it's it's really interesting to me because um Capricorns I don't I don't always vibe with them all of the time because you know they're very much so this is how it's gonna be. I'm a fucking go getter and it's yeah. like and it's just known that that's what what they do and and it's hard for me to like really vibe with that part of myself um, because I'm such a cancer and can be so like resistant to change and mm-hmm. resistant to like you know just doing the things in the moment. Mm-hmm. But lately, I've been just like really doing things in the moment, and it's mm-hmm. been really, it's been really beneficial to me. And I have like all of these opportunities and all of these things coming at me all at once, and it's a lot to to handle. 
well not a lot to handle it's just so much to like I'm like I want to swim in all of these blessings let me just wait in it and it's like no you have to make a choice figure out which ones serve you and which ones don't um like which ones will be good for you in the long run um Mm -hmm. yeah I I love astrology I also like to to think about it um because I took a class um with Alice um and we talked about how astrology you know ultimately is like a language and we all speak it differently it can mean something different if you were born you know on the other side of the world and you move to the west it can mean something different for you you may not even vibe with your chart your chart may completely change you know if you know when you move like that so for me I I love astrology and I take it extremely seriously but I also like to think about it as you know where are all of my ancestors from depending on where I'm from originally my I may not vibe with where I am you know in this space in this time you know because maybe I'm you know meant to be somewhere else you know Mm -hmm. I think about those things a lot about like you know where did my family come from where did we originate and things like that so that I can understand like myself more fully um so it's like always like a search Mm -hmm. thing for me Mm. like thinking about what all of those things mean yeah um and also thinking about like what healing like a lot of generational traumas mean in regards to astrology Mm. like how many years it takes to do these things and how it deals with like a lot of the planets that we don't really look into because they're kind of like invisible to us right um but yeah yeah, I think that it's like a good, it's just like like a guiding tool, you know, that can be used in so many different ways, like you're saying. It's yeah. Really incredible, which is really what Emily does is she kind of like uses it as a guiding tool for folks. And like, she also really integrates social justice yes. and um, really important conversations into her astrology, which I think astrology is really so much like what you're talking about is like intergenerational healing and all of these ways in which we can process and all of these ways in which we hold traumas and right. how that works with like lineages of like planets and like mm-hmm. timelines with planets it's really incredible yes. and something we don't really think about and I think that Emily touches on a way that is like really accessible to folks and like really it's kind really of breaks good. it down that like allows it to make sense if even if you're like a novice to astrology like I am yes it's a beautiful thing I love it Mm -hmm. yay so enjoy this beautiful interview we hope you have an incredible weekend and we will talk to you next week yay love you So, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and the energy that you like to put out into the world? Definitely. I'm so, I'm really excited to get to have this conversation. Yay. So, thank you so much for having me. Yay. <laughs> um, and I am, I'm, I'm an astrologer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like my main tool that I work with. And, um, you know, my practice is a queer femme centered astrology practice Mm -hmm. and it's really a lot about for me like even the voluptuous witch it was sort of like initially just really about wanting every femme to feel as connected as possible to their pleasure Mm -hmm. and their magic because You know, and to, mm-hmm. and to me, that's like the volup, like the voluptuousness. Yes, you know, yes, that it's so full. Yes, yeah. totally. And I feel like there's so many different ways, whether it's like fat phobia or kind of like being shamed for our pleasure, or mm-hmm. there's just so many different ways that we can kind of get distanced and removed from that energy. Yeah. So I feel like it's a like a process. It's not like a you know, I think there can be pressures sometimes to feel good all the time or empowered all the time totally. or things like that as yeah. like a, you know, 
kind of signal of like where yeah. we're at in some way but I feel like it's like a really daily process and daily practices yeah totally so that's kind of the essence of like what matters to me and what's exciting Yay. to me about being a healer or being connected to other healers and in community and doing this type of work awesome totally um so can you talk a little bit um I know you said in your work your work is femme-centered and queer-centered um can you talk a little bit about more about what femme means to you and maybe about your journey to femme and like what it's been like and yeah. I so, yeah. So for me, it's evolving. Like femme is definitely central. I feel like to my identity or just really helped me name a certain way that I have. Oh, feel like I've always felt and always mm-hmm. been. Um, but it kind of was not immediately apparent to me that that's exactly what it was. And I, mm. and I mean, and I am a, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a woman and I, I like strongly identify with my womanhood. Yes. Um, and I feel like my feminist is like, was this other piece mm. that I like, helped me name like oh like that's what this is you know Mm -hmm. and so for me it was is kind of like this owning of my femininity and of like a lot of the things I feel like that I was in some way um shamed for which was kind of like having this really powerful powerful feminine energy yes um but I think also having a very powerful masculine energy like Mm -hmm. for me I feel like my embodiment of femme is like It's like both of those energies are really strong. Yes. Yeah, I, I like that though because yeah. like we and we've been talking about that a lot today too. How um, how feminine and masculine can exist mm-hmm. with each other and also like within like your feminist and things like that and yeah, yeah, I like that. How it's all just kind of like meshed together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you see, like, where did femme fits into, like, the larger queer and trans community? And, like, has that evolved as you maybe built community? Or, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ways that that, like, definitely does, in my experience, continue to evolve. But I feel like the common, for me, what feels, like, common in among femmes and all of us who identify as femme is, like, we know we experience oppression like in that in kind of cis heteropatriarchy like it's not it's not it's not geared in our favor and we have like parts of our identity that are kind of like squashed or we can't fully express or it's not Mm -hmm. safe to express them and so as femmes we're like really embracing and honoring and kind of like flaunting yes and flaunting our our power yes yes I love that yeah you know and so I feel like to me it's like the central it's just so important because I think that even within queer community a lot of the time like femininity is maybe not as valued or sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like it like downplayed and put to the side a little bit Mm -hmm. um or only brought up like in cases where it's okay like where we're pretty and you know where we're like serving where we're yeah our feminine where it's can be consumed that's where it's celebrated but mm. the like kind of messier parts of ourselves or the parts that you know happen when we are sad or whatever however we're feeling I I feel like that's mostly it's like oh we don't feel like having to, to deal with that down mm. downplay those emotions because it's not like attractive or it's mm. not something that people need to like deal with mm-hmm. And that's on all the sides and queer and just regular cishet communities or not regular communities, but in the outside world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, so the, a lot of the work that you do is like giving to people and like really like um, using your craft to like help inspire and like give people something to like work with and like feel from um so where do you go for inspiration when you're feeling depleted or like where what is something that helps recharge you 
Such a good questions. I, I feel like for me, a lot of what helps me and always has, well, actually my dog, my dog <laughs> is definitely like such a source of love mm-hmm. and just like pure, just really reminds me like what pure connection feels like. Mm-hmm and pure love and nature is a lot like that for me too I feel like even um from living on the west coast for a long time I really just got in that nature's all around us I mean that's the thing like we have we are always and also we are nature like we are we always are we're always connected um but you know when we're in cities and in winter (laughs) we can feel farther from it um but I feel like my west coast life really helped me where it was like this is just part of my life like I'm gonna Mm. drive out to the desert when Mm. I need to be like in silence Mm -hmm. or be near the water um like nature is so restorative for me Mm. and um and then also like really close people I feel like just you know, other femmes and other women, mm-hmm. other people who share, like, where we have shared values, and mm-hmm. I know I can, like, really come back and just kind of get centered yes. in in that connection, like, really safe connections. Like, increasingly, I see how mm, essential that is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's kind of, like, those really are, just, I guess, the main ways I recharge. And mm-hmm. also, like, my my spirits my guides like really reminding myself that I'm connected to something bigger Mm -hmm. as we all are yeah Yeah. for sure um and that like there's a whole network of things that supports us like plants animals spirits Mm -hmm. ancestors like really if I can like lean back and really feel into that web yes um I feel really supported again yes yeah I I love love that. that Yeah, um, what, I'm trying to think of our next question. Oh, so, Um, like, yeah, just, like, how have you kind of, like, when did you first kind of come into your identity as a witch, and, like, how has that evolved and, like, grown for you? So, I feel like, it's interesting, I feel like my identity as a witch and actually my identity as femme are super tied in a way. Yes. Because I feel like they come, both are super connected to coming out. Yeah. You know, in mm-hmm. that process. And so in a lot of ways, actually, they were sort of simultaneous for me because I grew up, like, I grew up with astrology, actually, like, through my mom. And I knew Oh, I was that's from, amazing. Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. So it's like I have, so I have this, like, connection that is, like, long to mm-hmm. this practice and, you know, or discipline or in ways that it's really important to me. But then a lot of coming into it like on my own really had to do with like really when I first came out and my first girlfriend and like she was really into astrology yes. and then it, then it all like clicked it was mm-hmm. like oh came this together. is like some dyke shit like, <laughs> yes. yes I mean well I feel like astrology and witchiness and all of those things I feel like just it's such a queer thing and it's like I I love it I feel like we we delve into it so much. It's like literally a part of our everyday life so much. Yes. Totally. I love it. Mm-hmm. Which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's one of the best, like or what I mean for me personally, like yes. the things I enjoy so much about like queer connections and mm-hmm. just like the natural, like the ease of that mm-hmm. of the like, witchiness and our practices being so integrated yes. into like understood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, by our like lovers and our friends and yes. not needing in not needing to be separate. Um mm-hmm. so they're very tied, but it's definitely been the process. Like I feel like where I have kind of um come out more and more and mm-hmm. I think starting my own business actually was part of it because mm-hmm. I think to some degree like I worked in the nonprofit for world for a long time. I've done other things. Mm-hmm. And I think there just were, were a lot of ways in which I kind of had to be like, always felt like I had to perform a little bit right. as like a normal person or like, <laughs> or like a not like whatever. I don't yes. know what that right word, but like right. something where like it kind of cut me out of it. So I feel like it's oh, been yeah. layers. As yeah. had, like mm-hmm. having more freedom, more independence, like mm-hmm. being able to. Well, be able to be your full self because I feel like, you know, when you don't have like, uh, well, sometimes that you get kind of caught up in like the outside work that you're 
that you have to do that you can't like focus really in on like your true like desires and stuff like that yeah yeah and then like having mentors yeah you know meeting more mentors and getting more immersed in like a have a specific like religious and spiritual practice I do that's Mm -hmm. connected to my magic and so like you know, meeting my godmother and mm-hmm. sitting with her and doing like so all of these kind of things that like have woven in or like yes. found their way to me. It's yeah, have have like it kind of helped me evolve it along the way. But yeah. I feel like it I don't know, do you feel like is it similar for you? Like I feel like for me, I'm like, oh, I was always a witch and then I knew mm-hmm. it's a lot like Right, being queer or femme, like, right. yeah. always new, like, it's I, always yeah. there. I feel like for me, I knew since, like, a very, very young age, like, since I was probably about, like, four or five, about, like, my power and things like that. But I feel like, um, yeah, coming into myself, like, coming out and, you know, like, going, I don't, I don't know, gaining more wisdom and things like that with age, I feel like I've come more into, like, my identity as someone who practice who does ritual practice and spiritual practices and stuff yeah yeah and mm-hmm. I think also like just discovering that like my like you said like how much like these practices play a role in queerness and like mm-hmm. queer community I think was a huge aspect for me of like coming out as queer and then finding community and then being like oh this is a thing that like <laughs> is practiced and, like, I can, like, really delve into either, like, by myself or with other community members, which is really empowering. So you talk a lot about that, about, like, queer, like, you bring queerness into your work very intentionally, which I love, and into your, like, Instagram posts. So do you have any theories about, like, why queer folks are so drawn to, like, astrology and witchiness and kind of what does that, is there a history there that I don't know? Like, tell us. I do think so I do have some theories I feel you know I do think it's like this connection always of people in the margins you know of like being marginalized in some way or in numerous ways and then seeking reflection like more accurate Mm. reflection like so what we're seeing around us doesn't fully reflect us. So it's like we're going to seek. We'll, we're in some level. We'll be seekers. Like where can we go? Where can we see ourselves? Mm. Um, and we'll just feel more. I think we just feel more driven to do that yeah. when we can't. When we when we don't receive that in, you know, the usual places. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I don't know if people really feel reflected. Like meaning, yeah. I don't mm. know. Meaning if like people who aren't queer even do feel truly reflected by these other things but I know that we at the very least like I know that we don't yeah. or we aren't and so then you come to something like astrology and I feel like especially in terms of identity um gender however you want to look at it where it's like we have everyone has a Venus everyone yeah. has a Mars like everyone has a sun everyone has a moon and then the way those interact is, like, very personal, Yes, you know? And so it sort of acknowledges, like, this feeling of individuality, but it's, like, it's not the kind of capitalist consumerist individuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, like, like we're separate. Right. It's, like, we're individual parts of, like, a whole. Like, we know that there's, like, a whole, but then it's, like, there's also, like, these parts – in us it's like a every things like continue to break down but it's like there's always a whole a wholeness to all of it yeah yeah and so we you know and so I, I think it's that makes it kind of safe and mm-hmm. then I think magic and witchcraft and ritual like in so many different settings has always been for protection to feel you know to feel that we have um, or not just to feel that we have because we do have, but mm-hmm. to access our power. Yes. Um, and so what maybe what is happening systemically or structurally around us is not, you know, like we don't have that power. Right. Um, but we can access, you know, personal power and kind of have this sense like of connecting to something larger that's beyond those systems. Yes. And it's kind of like, this knowing that that's actually what's making the world here work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they know that it's actually these invisible, like, in in a sense, invisible to us, like, forces that mm-hmm. are 
knew what everything was tied to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, it's like natural to, you know, connect to that, to have that be tied. And it's just kind of naturally queer mm-hmm. yeah you know and you have to que- and you have to queer things to look at them magically yes. to look at them esoterically well yeah that. to look at anything in that way you really do have to queer it because it's not something that we like it's not something that we've been like taught or given like like it's something that you just know within yourself mm-hmm. and and you access it and practice it and mm-hmm. yes yeah. I love it mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so you talked earlier about, like, your um, ancestors and your family being, like, an important part of, like, your practice and, like, who you are. Um, I'm really into, like, bringing, like, various people and, like, my ancestors and my family into my Mm -hmm. ritual practice. And so I'm, like, wondering what what does that look like for you and how, how is that, like... I don't know, affected your process and like your how you run your business and stuff. Mm, that's a great question. For so for me, it's been like an interesting process because I didn't grow up feeling like that connected to my or like not having mm-hmm. such a concrete understanding of my ancestry mm-hmm. or like our family tree or things like that. There was right. a lot of things I didn't know. Um, and so there's like so many reasons for that, but in my family, some of that comes like from being Jewish and Eastern mm-hmm. European ancestry and so mm-hmm. there is what is kind of this like um assimilation mm-hmm. that sort of happened and like not being as connected and then also like the kind of specter of the Holocaust and like our you know um so there was just a lot of um mystery to yeah. like what really like mm-hmm. who my ancestors really were or what my connection to that really was and so the interesting thing is that it was actually from be- being initiated into another religion that's like not my ancestral religion mm-hmm. but where ancestor work and practice is really central and yes. then that was how I started connecting to it more mm-hmm. so for me what I do is like I have an ancestor table uh, according to like the specifications of how I was taught, but I feel like anyone could have one in any yeah. way that feels right to them. And so I have um, like photographs of like the few kind of photographs I do have mm-hmm. of um, like, you know, my grandfather who I never met or mm-hmm. um, like kind of people who I've connected to um, through that process. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's been interesting because I've done all these like Jewish things that I wasn't norm- doing. Like, yeah. Yeah. so now, so it's like, I have Shabbat in a sense mm-hmm. now because like I offer it to my ancestors. Really? So it's like, I have give them like challah and wine and oh light the God, candles, yes. you know, for yeah. them. And then it of course is kind of like for me too. Yes, yeah. of course. You know, and so it's really like, kind of it's kind of just helped connect me in interesting ways or I'll be like oh I want to sing them a song so I'll like learn like a Jewish song or something to like Mm -hmm. like so beautiful you know sing to them and so it kind of so it's been a mix of that and then also then in the religion I practice it's like part of my ancestors or also the ancestors of my godparents and Mm -hmm. their family so that's been like an interesting that's been interesting too because it's like I say their names and I leave offerings for them and there and so that's kind of through wow. like the web of yes. that family mm-hmm. so it's like become um something that feels so natural yeah but it's like wasn't exactly something that like I always really had it was yeah. like we, you know there it was more just kind of like this awareness of like maybe like my nuclear family and like mm-hmm. some cousins and things like that and then and then like, not, beyond that not really yeah knowing as much and then mm. you came into it and discovered it that's I love that I I love that process of discovering to like your like your family ties I know after I moved up here um I have a cousin um that I met just last summer, um, and my uncle, like he, I went to to my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. I went back home and last year in March, and he was talking to me about her. And then he was like, "Oh, you should add her on Facebook, and we're gonna come visit in the summer, and we should all like go out to dinner or figure out something to do." And it's it's beautiful, like meeting her, and mm-hmm. then through meeting her, like I've met more of my cousins and things like that. It's so it's so amazing and. It makes me think about like my grandma. My grandma, she passed away bef- um, right before I moved up here, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I, 
I see like that my granny, she's like, oh, here's more family up here mm-hmm. around you for you to have, you know, because family is like always such an important thing to me. Like even back home, like I would just, I spent so much time with my family and mm-hmm. now here I still have like that closeness and, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. So do you have any like um, tips or anything like that for somebody who maybe is just kind of like looking at their chart for the first time and like doesn't really know like exactly what they're looking at like any advice or tips or anything like that definitely I feel like I always I like to think a lot about the moon sign um I think of the moon sign as being our and our house moon sign and house so Mm -hmm. if you you know if you know what the houses are you know and it's like there's 12 houses and they're it's like you can a lot of it's like googleable so it's like mm-hmm. for reference i'm not saying like astrology is not as googleable sometimes it's like yeah it's like yeah, you know it, there's i mean there's something to be said for like if you see something weird online that like says something weird about something in your chart just like let it go you know <laughs> what i mean there's always like I, 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 let it go because oh, <laughs> i've i mean i've seen like wild things i have like a 12th house mercury and it's like, I mean, you just like read some really wild fatalistic mm-hmm. stuff yeah. that, you know, comes from a long, long time ago when yes. like that might have been true. Yeah. <laughs> like you for like a variety of reasons. Um, but it doesn't make it true now. But I feel like the moon sign and house are like so important for self care. It's like our moon sign is like how we feel safe mm-hmm. yes. and how we feel comforted or nourished and so kind of like really knowing that and also kind of also thinking about it just in relationship to your son like mm-hmm. maybe it's a really different sign than your sun sign or how we're used to thinking of ourselves um so I feel like looking at your like learning about your moon I think is really valuable it's like our emotionality and a lot of the things that we ignore or sometimes mm-hmm. or like that's easy to ignore yeah um in ourselves and so it can kind of give a framework for being like oh that's that part of me mm-hmm. yes. you know that um I'm connected to you and then also I love like our Mars because like understanding our Mars because that's like how we go after things and mm-hmm. I think especially as femmes it's like all oh, that mm-hmm. aggra- like aggression yes. and like drive and just our pure sexual energy Mm -hmm. um we're not it's not always as encouraged or as cultivated and so I think by getting in touch with our Mars and being like oh that's like the essence of my Mars maybe you have a fire yeah because we don't we don't really because I'm thinking about that now and I'm like yeah I don't think about Mars my Mars very much but Mm. it's nice to like know that that part yes I love that Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, totally. And so I feel like kind of just, you know, touching into the, to like having more, an evolving relationship. Yes. You know, because there are things that I, like my perception of certain things in my chart has like shifted a lot over time. And it's just like, I think that's totally okay. It's mm-hmm. just like an evolution of like mm-hmm. seeing certain things and being like, oh, like even my, like I have Mars and Leo and it's like, I was really shy mm-hmm. when I was younger mm-hmm. yeah you know and it wasn't as easy to like relate to but then now I'm like oh yeah like mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. love attention like I, <laughs> yes I know you know I'm yeah. like, my my Mars is in Capricorn <laughs> and so yeah Ooh. <laughs> Mars, yeah so, like, totally. so we know, we know about the Mars and Leo, we know about the fire Mars, like, we know that, you know, we like to go big. Yes. And Mars and Capricorn I love because, you know, Mars and Capricorn to me is actually, like, really one of the kind of strongest Mars because Mars and Aries, of course, is in rulership and mm-hmm. that's, like, you know, the strong mm-hmm. Mars. But, you know, it's almost can be a little bit too strong sometimes. Yeah. Right? Because it's, like, super impulsive, super, yeah. we know this is fire Mars, as mm-hmm. all other yeah. fire Mars. <laughs> Whereas, like, Mars and Capricorn, I feel like, is super grounded as, like, an Earth Mars. Yeah. And has that power. Like, so it has that strength, has that power, but, like, also is somewhat more grounded. It's Which like you totally Mars. have around your, like, communication and expressing your, like, difficult yeah. emotions. Yeah. I, I do. Like, I've gotten so much better at not being – because I used to have – I feel like growing up and things like that, I had like a shyness about me as well. And I also had this unsureness like about like 
um, really speaking like my mind about stuff and like being confident in that. But like the older I've gotten, the more I've like literally like just pushed myself into it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, like when it wants to come out, it just comes out. And so you kind of like push yourself into it. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More yeah. and more grounded. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you talk a little bit about like being a healer or like being a facilitator of healing in a capitalist world that like doesn't really value your practice and like doesn't really value a lot of the work you do and like how do you continue to like thrive through that monumental pressure definitely yeah I mean that's a really good question I think it's complex like I feel like there's so much about our bodies and our work and our being and our essence and you know just like that's not valued under mm-hmm. in in these systems and right you know there are it's designed but you know it's like by design and so I think for me it's like actually been kind of complicated because yeah. the truth is that a lot of like when I started to really come more into understanding of economic justice and that mm-hmm. economic justice is something that's very important to me and that I center in my politics but then like in my praxis so when Mm -hmm. I started applying that and sort of being like okay I have to practice this like I can't give my time away for free or I can't undervalue myself Mm -hmm. in the way that initially it felt like oh I want to heal the world I just want to give right and Mm -hmm. I want to participate in this and I just want to give and then it's like starting to see like okay how do we how do I integrate like my own needs for survival and not only for survival but also for reparation because that I want I also want money to redistribute mm-hmm. yeah to what I think right like what I think is important and so like I it's important to me to earn money as a queer femme woman mm-hmm. but then also I want to like redistribute resources to femmes of color I yes. or disabled that like people who are have other marginalizations yes. you know mm-hmm. so if I'm going to prioritize that I have to get paid like there's a very basic yes. level I'm yes. like, I have to get paid I have to yes. make money and I have to feel entitled to resources and yeah. I have to say like that's actually kind of because we all have been swimming in this soup and we all have this mix mm-hmm. of conditioning that mm-hmm. isn't always conscious so there's a lot of shaming that happens I think mm-hmm. when you start to kind of try to claim your worth Mm-hmm. Or, and our worth, even that is so complicated. It's like, what are right. we worth? We're not like right. worth something in monetary it's value, so but because you have you have to do it in a capitalist society to get by, to even just like get by, you to have get by, to you have money. to make money, you have but to participate. Like, mm-hmm. You have to like brand yourself and be like, what is my what is your worth? brand? What and it's is like, this? wow, oh my god, it fucks you up so hard, like so so hard. So. It gets you in this space where you're like, so like what you know with money like how like how do you how do you work out like you know payment with people with with various people within the mm-hmm. community and without your community like how do you go about like navigating those spaces right. and understanding like how money flows and where yeah where Definitely. it's going yeah so I think a lot of it is like for me it's just been I've had to really have just some faith in myself and mm-hmm. my own analysis and my own and be like, and, you know, that of other people too, like who I trust and respect and kind of like, be like, I'm just going to do my best with this. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. this is how, you know, and so for me, it's been kind of in a middle process. Like I actually, my rates as an astrologer are like sort of low Yeah, <laughs> in some way. I mean, you know, relative mm-hmm. to you know, and so that's always a complicated thing, but then I also want my work to be accessible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm in kind of an in-between space right. where I have, like, re- been in a process of raising my rates to where it is, like, I can actually maybe, like, survive. Yes. Um, and then also kind of stay in a range that's accessible, and it's fluid. Like, I'm still learning because mm-hmm. then sometimes I'm like, oh, well, actually maybe what I should do is then raise my rates even more, but then I can give X number of free or you can do sliding scales you know sliding scale stuff and like really put it on you know the 
people in the community, people who like are in need of those services to be honest Mm -hmm. and like be like, okay, I can afford to pay, I can afford to pay your, your rates. But then like someone, you know, someone else can be like, okay, I can't afford to pay that, but I can do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like have just putting it on, putting it on them to be honest. Cause you're, you're being honest with yourself. You're like, this is, this is how much, this is how much work I put into what I do. So this is what I'm going to charge you, but I'm going to put the responsibility on you to be honest with me in turn and like tell me what you can give me. And And also I think like having the option for like white cis folks to like if they can afford it to like make a donation for somebody else to have access to it Mm -hmm. even if they don't know who that person is to just be like hey Emily here's like your rates and like give it to somebody who like maybe can't afford it right now but really needs it or like you know or like give it giving it away like if you have more wealth and you can give it to like your friends for their Mm -hmm. birthdays or for just like a random celebration like I think that there are options that we as a community can like help support one another by, like, valuing our work, right, and, like, paying the rates that our our friends and our community members are saying, like, this is what my work is worth, but also, like, supporting our other community members who, like, maybe don't have access to those funds but still right. really need these resources. Like, how can we as a community to work together to, like, support financially all of these realms, you know? I think yes. that thinking about it as kind of a web – is really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, will you talk a little, or do you want to talk more about, like, um, I know we were speaking earlier briefly about, like, um, how you want to bring femme entrepreneurship into your business. Can you, like, tell us a little bit about that, if you feel like sharing? If Yeah. Definitely. So, I feel, so this is something that has just become so important to me. Like, I feel like the connection between our safety and our survival Mm -hmm. and also our sexual energy and money energy. All these things feel very tied. Yes. Where there is, like, a similar, kind of similar to, like, where maybe there's this sense of um, not feeling fully entitled to, like, pleasure or Mm -hmm. to safety in our bodies and some of that seems tied to like money and resources which we know provide safety right provide all kinds of opportunity so it's something I've been thinking a lot about and pretty much like everything I learn about this I learn from sex workers mm-hmm. um and from sex work community and from yeah. like you know uh women and non-binary you know folks who I admire in that community mm-hmm. So it's been this process of kind of like actually learning from a lot of doms and I yes. do and I do some fin dom like work which mm-hmm. is also part of my I do actually get funds from men yeah. from cis men yes. and I often use that to fund like free sessions or low cost sessions yes. in my work and I feel like that's part of redistribution and yes. something that's important to me. So but then so I've been just like really I feel like learning a lot about um what it really means to how like how connected fear of asking for money is to like whorephobia essentially mm. that this idea that when we demand money and we demand resources for our labor and which involves our bodies mm-hmm. and involves all these things right there, there's this connection to this like whorephobia or like fear of being greedy or like fear yes. of like asking fear of asking for too much right. like oh is this too much am i being yeah yeah mm. and kind of in these you know so i feel like as i have been in this process of like learning to really have better boundaries mm-hmm. um it's been very empowering for me in a lot of ways like i've seen how there's this whole web of like then how feeling like i can charge appropriately for my services or right. my time or that it's not just that i have to be this like all access like ever giving yeah because no because you shouldn't that shouldn't be what you have to do I mean unless of course that's what you want you know what you want to do and you do give away so Mm -hmm. much free knowledge just on your Instagram I just am like I've, like, that, with your, like, weekly posts of, like, a shot, like, I love it. You do give away, <laughs> like, like this you knowledge is there. give so much to the people who follow you and the people who support your work yes. that, you know, is really generous, I feel like, so. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like how you said that it's kind of a, 
a horror phobia of sorts because I, I think like being a black woman and being a woman of color and being a queer woman of color, I think about um, how black women's bodies are always treated like we're taught that our bodies aren't worth like yes. that much. Like we're supposed to do like a lot, a lot of the work and mm-hmm. for very, very little money. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times when it's, when I go into a place thinking about like the, what I want for pay and anything I'm like it I guess in ways in the past a lot of times it has been like an uncomfortable conversation of oh is this going to be too much am I going to be asking of too much you know what is someone thinking about what they want to give me and stuff like that so I I like Mm -hmm. the idea of deconstructing that even within within ourselves but also like asking the people who want our work like to our our labor who need our labor to also think about it too I love that Mm-hmm. absolutely yes absolutely and I feel like yeah so the, and that's become something that is like very important to me because I feel like okay well when we go through these processes and do this personal learning then mm-hmm. it's like we can offer then we can offer our experience mm-hmm. you know yes. to someone who is just starting or an earlier phase or another phase mm-hmm. even if they don't end up doing exactly what I do mm-hmm. like or following those exact systems um so that's something I'm working on a lot now is for as so many of us are like coming into our identity as healers or having mm-hmm. small businesses creative businesses mm-hmm. um having like doing coaching and just having processes to help with like setting rates and setting boundaries yes. and working through those things because the thing about, so many people need it yeah yeah and it's <laughs> subtle like mm-hmm. sometimes boundaries we think I say this is like recovering codependent who goes to a 12-step program for codependency oh my goodness, yes. like it like feels like this is like a very under talked about topic like codependency is major yeah. and it's mm-hmm. huge in queer community yeah like as something you know and it's not like this shameful thing it's like we, it's natural like we yeah. we're, we're interdependent so it's yeah. like of course we're gonna sometimes like lean on each other codependency, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? but like a lot of what I've been like learned through all those different things where I'm still learning is like a lot of boundaries are subtle mm. like they're subtle like sometimes we think boundaries are like these walls or these and like sometimes mm. they are in like right. you know extreme cases when we're like I'm cutting someone out of my life or like all these things but then I notice we feel less comfortable with a lot of this subtler softer right smaller boundaries mm-hmm. and that's a lot of like what we need to employ when we're you know like with clients or with like lovers or friends or mm-hmm. you know so that it's just really helpful to have support with yes. each other to yes. navigate like what makes sense like what can I do here it can feel really um like lonely I think trying to figure a lot of that out just mm-hmm. like on our own Definitely. Yes, I really yeah. can. I think that, like, for me, I give a lot of, like, advice or, like, talk about sex a lot mm-hmm. as a sex educator, and I, like, write about it a lot on the internet, and more recent, in, like, the past, like, three months, the more I've been, like, putting my work out there, the more people I have, like, coming to me mm-hmm. for advice and, like, sharing sometimes, like, yes. really intense stuff, yeah. and... So it's, like, definitely having those Mm -hmm. boundaries of, like, making sure, like, okay, do you want to, like, have a call about this because I don't want to just, like, type about this thing. Right. You know, or, like, it's – and then if someone's, like, not really ready to have a call, I have to be, like, listen, I don't have the energy to, like, sit in front of my phone and, like, text with you all day. But, like, I'm happy to have a call. So, like, let me know when you're Mm -hmm. ready. But it's, like, definitely Mm -hmm. navigating. And, like, at first I would just sit on my phone and respond to people all the time and be, like – pouring all of these, like, resources yes. and energy into mm-hmm. it, and I realized, like, I wasn't taking care of my own, like, sexual self, mm-hmm. and definitely, like, needed to start prioritizing that, yes. so it's, like, wh- I feel like when you start to take care, especially as a femme, like, start to take care of other people's needs, you really have to, like, constantly be checking in with those small boundaries, because those small boundaries make all the difference for, like, coming home and not feeling Exhausted. Yeah, or feeling yeah. like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so overstimulated. And like like I need three days in a row right. by myself. Yeah, like, you know. it's like, and then you like lose parts of yourself. <laughs> You're like, wait, who am I? I've given mm-hmm. all of these parts of myself to people. Like, it's just, it becomes a lot, especially digital work. I feel like, yeah, yeah. because you're not having that face to face with someone, you're not having that human interaction. And like, Mm-hmm. I, we forget what it's I like try, to work yeah. with humans. I try to get yeah. as much of my work 
off the digital or even like a video chat or like a phone call mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or like even I'm like I'll meet up with you for tea for free like what's happening yeah. right. like, yeah. for me I work online all the time and I'm constantly mm-hmm. on my phone working yeah. so I really it's really important for me to like get off that screen if I'm giving someone right. really totally. deep personal advice about like their sex life mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. I remember you talking about that too like how you want to have less phone time yeah yeah I'm I'm trying to set new boundaries with myself with my phone that, less like, phone time. <laughs> when I come home mm-hmm. from work I can't do any social media on my phone or oh. any work email on my because a lot of my work is through social media so like I can't do any social media or work email when I get home from work, I can do it on my commute. That's fine. Right. But like the only thing I can use my phone for when I get home is texting and phone calls with friends. Yes. And like no work texting, no work calls. Like, so I'm really trying to set hard boundaries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. I know. And I recently though. canceled. It was a huge thing. I canceled my Netflix and my Hulu account because I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm going insane with screen like time. Like with screen time? Yeah. Yeah, screen time yeah. is too much. It's like important to like be yeah. like, okay, let's go out and yeah. do and view things. Let's go out and look mm, at this. And yeah. I like I love that so much. I'm such a homebody, yeah. but I love like you know having like outward adventures right. like with people. Like even if we're going, so what? Even if we're going to the movies to yes. see a cute movie, we're going to the movies right. to do it, and then we can like leave yes. and go explore and do yes. other things. Yes, yes, that's so fucking important. And current. even like I love having alone time at home too. But like I found that. I was so exhausted from my work day mm-hmm. that I was just coming home and watching TV. No, but so like yeah, so now I'm like no more Netflix, no more Hulu. So mm-hmm. I can still come home and have my alone time, but it's gonna be good nourishing alone time. Yes. Books, of like writing, of even just like sitting in front of my altar, of just like hanging mm-hmm. out with my dog. Like I don't even I don't care. No more screens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so intense. I um, I've been setting boundaries with myself that I have to have um, at least two days a week where I don't spend time with anyone, mm. like where I'm like with myself and, and because I'm already spending two days a week with kids, I nanny two days a week. Um, and then I have my friends that I hang out with. And so it's like, I want two days, like it's like two days a week that I like want to take and just have to myself where I chill mm-hmm. and like, and, yeah. and I'm just present with that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm present that way. And I'm also like with my plants. Cause right. I noticed yeah. like this morning when I watered my plants, they were like, oh, but you, <laughs> Where have you been? (laughs) They were like, but we've been watching you and we're really happy. We love how happy you are and all of these things, but also, excuse me, can you talk to us and, like, spend some time and, like, some intentional time? Yeah. Yeah. So I I watered all of my plants and then I kind of pruned some of them and wiped their leaves down. Yeah, it was really sweet. Mm. How do you manage, like, your social – because you have, like, a really pretty big social media following. So how do you manage that? And I'm sure you probably get a lot of DMs from people, like, asking, like, personal things or advice or, like, astrology. It's just how do you work through that? That seems like a lot. (laughs) I have, like, 2,000 followers, and I'm like, this is too many. Stop watching my story. I know it's interesting as you start to get as like things to get start to get slightly more visible, mm-hmm. like just what that means and what that's like, yeah. and it, it it definitely like I you realize certain things because I think sometimes there's this perception that that is like I mean it is there is power there but mm-hmm. there's also vulnerability there. Well, yeah, you're open and raw to everyone, to so kind of. People. Well, and people also make assumptions about yes. how they can consume you, like in yes. those ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And take advantage of your space. Absolutely, yeah. So there's, so it's, I feel like for me, yeah, there's definitely been a process. Like I'm also kind of trying to set better boundaries with my, mm-hmm. with my relationship with my phone, mm-hmm. um, which is like in process, like yeah. every, yes. every process. Same. Yes, same. Um, definitely. And so I'm still learning that. But one thing that's really helped me and I think is true is that I was like, you know, part of the reason that I ha- 
have these boundaries was also to like honor the other person. So meaning the reason I do this work in sessions is because I'm holding space. Like I have done a lot of things to like clear my energy, clear my space, set the space, (laughs) be connected. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm available in this way. Right. And so it's like, that's not the case. Like every moment I'm on my phone or every moment of my life. And so like being in my DMS and like almost acting like there's kind of this in between space. That's okay. It's just like, that's not really true. Like it's not really safe Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, meaning I know people do support work through their DMS and like in other ways, you know, meaning I'm not drawing any lines for anyone else. Right, that's it, your line. Right, yeah. it's like, it, it, you know, I think that a lot of valuable, meaningful interactions can happen online and can right. be digital, and, like, there is value there, mm-hmm. um, but I just know for myself, so I just, like, really have to remind myself of that and just really keep it simple and mm-hmm. be, like, what I want to offer you, like, I can't offer you in this way, mm-hmm. and, um, and then also for me, like, I know there needs to be an exchange of some kind, like, energetic exchange and um, monetary exchange or, like, it would just – it'll be become draining. Like, I don't have enough in a way to, like, give. So it just, like, kind of coming back to that yes, again and reminding yeah. and being in, like – it's it's just a constant. It's mm-hmm. it <laughs> it just like it a has to be. Yes. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, for sure. That's really oh, beautiful. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Where can people me. find you other than the voluptuous witch? Is there any other like things that you want to kind of like drop in there or anything like that? That's really that's yeah. Okay. That's like really the hub. Cool. I, yes. Yeah. Perfect. We love it. Thank you so much. Yay. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>